Hey y'all, I'm Taylor DeHaze. I'm obsessed with all things fitness and business. I left my career as a TV reporter after 10 years to start my own fitness coaching company. I was so tired of seeing people struggle with disordered eating and misguided weight loss information. Think of this as your one-stop shop for training, nutrition, and success while navigating through life. Grab a cup of coffee, get cozy, and get ready to learn and laugh. Again, welcome to the Taylor Living Podcast. I'm so glad you're here. Let's dive in. In the midst of this COVID pandemic, one thing we are all missing, especially if you're listening to this podcast, we are missing the gym, right? That sense of normalcy. And I know a lot of us might have access to home gym equipment, but some of us really are kind of making do with some bands and a few dumbbells and things that might have been laying around in our garage. I know I live in an apartment and um, I definitely have a makeshift uh, part kitchen, part gym going on right now. But you guys, the fear of losing muscle, right? That is something that we are discussing today with Lane Norton, owner of BioLane, powerlifter, bodybuilder, and he's got a PhD in nutritional sciences. So here we go. Lane, how is it going? How's your week four of quarantine or week three? I can't keep up these days. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, um, you know, it's, it's not ideal, but I'm in a lot better position than a lot of folks and I'm healthy. My kids are healthy. My wife's healthy. So can't really complain. I know it's, it's some things I've just thought about. What do I actually not want to go back to versus, you know, what I miss so much, just all perspective right now. So yeah. something, of course, we're seeing on Instagram is everybody is jumping at marketing tactics and some coaches are doing amazing things like yourself, putting out great content. Other influencers are kind of jumping on the vulnerable um, folks out there. So I wanted to talk about muscle loss and what it really takes to lose muscle in a 30 to 60 day period for somebody yeah. that's active, like people that are listening right now. Yeah. So, I mean, the research shows that, you know, you can start to lose lean body mass after about a week of inactivity, but there's, you know, people kind of have an all or nothing mentality or a black and white switch, right? Like they, think it's either all or nothing, which is not true. Even just doing, like staying mobile and doing some activity, even if it's not resistance training, will help maintain uh, some of your lean body mass. Ideally, resistance training would be, you know, in in your normal form would be the best thing you can possibly do, but that's not uh, an option for a lot of people. But there's a few studies that we can draw on to kind of construct an idea of what could what could be the, the worst case scenario if you if, even if you have no gym equipment whatsoever uh, is it possible to save off muscle loss I, I would say that my opinion is not only is that possible um, for people that are you know not advanced who are beginners or intermediates they can probably still make progress in terms of muscle hypertrophy during this time and so the, the studies I would draw on would be the, the first study, Uh, was a recent study where they looked at how much uh, resistance training does it take to maintain what you've already built. And they showed that even doing one-ninth of the volume that you had built that muscle with, just one-ninth of it was sufficient to maintain all of it. So we're talking about a few hard sets a week for each muscle group, basically. Um, Now, again, that's, you know, they were using resistance train and, and uh, resistance training and exercise equipment. However, there's also research that shows if you look at low load 
training to close to failure, close to fatigue, versus high load, low rep training close to fatigue or failure, you see very similar gains in muscle mass. In fact, we can't, the research, um, they, there was a recent meta-analysis, I believe it was done by Brad Schoenfeld, where they compiled a bunch of different studies together looking at different loads, either heavy or, or, low, or light, but with each, with each group going close to failure. And they found that there was absolutely no difference in hypertrophy. And we're, I think we're talking about over 1,000 subjects once they compiled meta-analysis. So pretty strong evidence that you can build muscle even with really light weights. And people will say, well, you know, I don't have access to anything. What am I supposed to do, body weight squats for, you know, 1,000 reps? Well, you have other options other than just a body weight squat, for example, to lower body training. I mean, I don't know too many people who can do a high rep pistol squat. You know what I mean? Like a one-legged high rep pistol squat. Oh, yeah. Nope. Or, or even like just doing, you know, you can use intensification techniques as well where, um, you know, you do uh, more time under tension where you're going slower and, and, and trying to overload through that mechanism. That's a possibility. So there are tools out there and there are ways to still create progressive overload and uh, to stimulate muscles. And even let's say you couldn't make progress even doing high rep body weight movements will likely be sufficient to maintain the vast majority of the muscle hypertrophy that someone's already built. Now, if we're talking about a power lifter and they don't have access to resistance training, they are <laughs> going to lose some strength because strength is a specific skill. And that's um, where I was going next. You know, if you have somebody like a power lifter who is used to those compound lifts, and let's say they have access to, I don't know, a few dumbbells at home and maybe some, some heavy bands. Like what would, you, what would you, I guess, prescribe? Time under tension or a combination? I would probably try to make it as analogous to the movement that they're used to doing. Um, so, for example, if they've got access to a decent resistant band set up, you know, where we're talking about they've got a heavy band, um, you know, you can step into that and put that across your shoulders and do a squat. Now, obviously, it's going to be left load at the bottom. Um, but, yeah, I would kind of do, you know, your, try to make it as analogous to a squat as you possibly can. And then try to make it, you know, as analogous to a deadlift as you can uh, in terms of you can, you know, you can take a lighter band and double it up, you know, stand on it and, and, and pull from that position. Or if you're a sumo puller, you know, you just got to stand on the outsides of the bands and grip the outsides of the bands and pull them up. So it's, um, there are options. Is it ideal? No. However, um, what's going to happen is, you know, the thing to keep in mind is even if you did nothing, let's say you did nothing and you lost a lot of, you know, you lost a decent amount of lean body mass. Muscle memory is a real thing. So when you train, you resistance train, our current understanding is that you fuse what are called satellite cells, um, which are undifferentiated uh, cells that can fuse into the muscle tissue to, get, to give extra nuclei, myonuclei. So the muscle cell is the only cell that's multi, that has multiple nucleuses. And when you fuse more myonuclei, you are able to increase your muscle growth capacity because each myonuclei controls growth for a certain area. So if you have more myonuclei, you can grow more overall muscle. What our understanding is that once you fuse those myonuclei, they don't unfuse. So with the muscle you've built, 
even if you lose a good bit, you will gain it back way faster than the time it took you to originally build it, likely because those mitonuclei stay fused. So that being said, if you do some of this band work or you've got dumbbells or you do even light body weight stuff that helps maintain your muscle mass, even if you lose strength, you will regain it faster than somebody who did nothing. So I think we need to keep in mind, like, even just because you can't do the very best thing necessarily doesn't mean that this other stuff is futile. You will put yourself in a better position to regain it faster if you use this time to still do some form of resistance training, regardless of what it is. And what about the diet component? Everyone is always asking about, you know, how much protein they should be consuming, especially gen pop and whatnot. So, I mean, the diet is just as important. And I think a lot of people are thinking, oh, my God, I'm in quarantine, so I'm just going to stop eating food. I know I've seen a lot of um, females comment on that, you know, on various posts. So what do you want to say to people, again, for maintaining muscle, um, for just, like, protein intake? Yeah, so I would say that if you, so during this time, your diet actually becomes more important because you're not able to resistance train the normal way. So if you want to maintain optimal muscle mass, um, now the diet becomes even more important, not less. So I would tell those people that, you know, like there's no reason to, like, go crazy pumping your protein up to insane amounts. Um, but, um, you know, making sure you're still eating enough protein, you know, at 1.6 to 2.4 grams per kilo, um, you know, again, there don't seem to be downsides to the higher end of that. So I always recommend that people go kind of to the higher end because just to make sure, um, you know, doing doing that, um, you know, I people have asked me during this time, is it okay to be dieting? Should I be at maintenance or should I be in a gaining phase? Well, so what I'll say to people is if you are overweight or obese, you're fine to diet during this time. In fact, there's research that shows that caloric restriction for overweight or obese people actually improves their immune function. So not only is it not a bad thing to be dieting for people who are overweight or obese, it might actually be beneficial. Now, I don't want to oversell that. Just being on a diet doesn't mean you're not going to get sick. That's, that's very important to emphasize. Um, it just may improve your immune function. Secondly, uh, now people who are people who are like normal weight who want to get a bit leaner, probably fine for them to, to diet as well, um, as long as they're not going about it in an ugly, stupid fashion, you know, doing five-day fasts or, or really, really aggressive fat loss, you know, that, that might be a problem. But if you are already lean and you're trying to go to shredded, that now is not the time to do that. That may negatively impact your immunity. And I say may because we don't have a ton of studies on this sort of thing. But based on what we know about people who are in contest prep and what happens to their bodies and the metabolic abnormalities they experience, uh, I do not recommend trying to get shredded during this time. In fact, all my contest prep clients, I have actually placed who are, with the caveat, who are already very lean, I have placed them into maintenance mode and say, you know, we're just going to sit here for a while and, and see what happens. And once the shows come back up, once this gets under control, then we can pull the trigger and go to Shreddedville. But for now, I don't want to be jeopardizing, you know, possibly reducing your immune function. Now, how far out have you pulled those clients, even the June competitors, or where are you kind of at? Because it's so up in the air right now. 
Yeah, I, I've told people I expect that the soonest we'll be having shows is July. I'm with you on that. I think it may actually be later than that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm not a, I don't work in the government. I'm not an infectious expert, <laughs> but I have, I've really tried to listen to a lot of the, the actual experts on this, not just people on YouTube. I've tried to listen to the actual experts on this. And based on the kind of, I, I'm really, this is my opinion. Based on the tone they're using, people, I think people are expecting that like a date is going to pass and then things are going to go back to normal. I no don't way. think that's going to happen. I think that this is going to be a graded release, meaning I that I think most models predict that this is going to peak sometime in late, mid to late April in the United States. Some states will be later than others, Texas being one. Um, but most models predict that by mid-May, we're going to be solidly on the, on the downhill of this. Um, I think the government is going to want to see several weeks of consistent data of it going down, and then they're going to loosen back up the restrictions. I think they'll probably open some restaurants. That, they'll let restaurants be open, but they'll probably have a strong, uh, like, um, like you won't be able to have bigger parties in day six, and the tables will have to be certain distances from each other, and there'll be a lot of regulations around this. Um, and I think that, you know, they'll let people back out in the parks and all this kind of stuff, but there's going to be a lot of tight regulations on stuff. Whether or not they're going to let sporting events go on where people can congregate, I have less confidence about that. Uh, I think that the soonest we're really going to see that is late summer. So it would not shock me if there weren't shows until late summer or even early fall. That's kind of what I'm thinking, too. I mean, they just keep getting pushed back and back. Um, But, you know, Talking about maintaining muscle and all of that, you know, aside from people that are competitors, whether it be powerlifting, bodybuilding, whatever, um, we're now seeing that surge of, you know, all these plyometrics that are popping up and tons of swipe yeah. videos of crazy uh, things. So, you know, as, even if you don't have a lot of equipment, uh, I'm sure you're telling your powerlifters, well, if they're training with you, they already know this. But if you're powerlifting, maybe don't start doing a completely crazy offset plyo program shot. <laughs> Well, I would say that would be better than doing nothing. You're, I mean, you're not wrong. Not, <laughs> not, not much better. Um, yeah, try to make it as, as reasonably close to what you are used to doing. So, you know, if you don't have anything whatsoever, no dumbbells, no, um, you know, no resistance bands, which from what I last checked, I think you could still get resistance bands. So I feel like if you're serious about training, you know, as long as you haven't, like, lost your job and you've got a little bit of money, you can invest you know, 50 to 100 bucks and get some resistance bands and be in a relatively good position um, and using those to kind of, you know, um, do analogous movements. So um, resistance banded squats, resistance banded deadlifts, like we talked about, um, and then banded push-ups, right, where you're using your own body weight plus the band. Um, if, you, if you absolutely have access to nothing, um, there's still the opportunity to do, you know, pistol squats, high step-ups with tempo, um, Standing strict one-legged calf raises, which, by the way, are no joke. <laughs> um, then you've got, you know, obviously push-ups or one-arm push-ups, uh, pull-ups if you have something to do it on, or single-arm pull-ups. The one thing that's really going to be difficult to do is to uh, hit your posterior chain like your, your spinal erectors. That's going to be pretty difficult um, to train if you don't have any kind of resistance. So... One thing you can do, I mean, 
A lot of people have five-gallon buckets. You can fill those up. <laughs> um, old car batteries, though, I've seen a lot of people using those. Um, yeah, there, there are some options. Um, there are some options. And just remember, just because you can't do what, what's best, it, it doesn't mean that you can't do – it doesn't mean give up. You, yes. you can still – you can still do stuff that will have a tangible impact on your long-term fitness as well as um, helping you get back to where you were and pass that faster so long as you, you know, keep after it, stay consistent, those sorts of things. It's, it's just, you know, I really encourage people, and I'm sure it's easy for people to look at me and say, well, look at this guy who's got a gym in his garage. You know, he's got a squat rack down the platform, you know, all this stuff. He can, he can do all this stuff. It's easy for him to say I agree, but I I promise you that if I did not have access to that, I would be doing something. I would be doing I something. I mean, even as simple as, like you said, bodyweight exercises, getting outside for some walks when it's nice. I mean, I think along with just freaking out about not having access to a gym, just maintaining your mental health and your mental sanity and all of that right now is key, you know. And if you go from, you know, the gym being your kind of escape, your time for yourself, like you have to replicate that in some form or fashion, even if it's not the same right now. I, I agree. I think that a lot of people, you know, for me, it's, it's yes, the gym is very fit therapeutic, you know, so um, I'm very grateful that I, I purchased that home gym when I did. Um, I didn't use it much before this, but it's getting a lot of work now, I'll tell you that. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, it's just, you know, just keep in mind that just because you can't, you don't have to have this all or nothing mentality. Um, just because you can't do what you want to do doesn't mean you can't do nothing. You know, um, and, and, and just doing something is better than doing nothing, especially, like you said, for your mental health. Um, you know, being active, you know, going out for walks, obviously not in crowded areas, you know, those sorts of things, but going out for walks, um, you know, um, being active, very important for not just your immunity, but also your overall mental health, as you said. Totally. Awesome, Lane. Well, thank you so much for hopping on a call with me. I appreciate it. Not a problem. Thank you and uh, Icon Meals. Uh, they've been uh, keeping us well stocked. Which shout out, shout out. <laughs> awesome. I'll talk to you later. All right. Thanks, Taylor. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to the Tailored Living Podcast. If you're looking for any nutrition, coaching, programming, or a combination, head over to tailoredtraining.com. You can always send me an email at trainwithtaylor at gmail.com. And of course, follow me on Instagram at taylorfit.com.